Well, hi everyone and welcome back to Properly Cocked. This is the Warhammer 40k podcast that endeavours to help you play a better game of 40k, whatever your goals are and whatever stage you're at, by just giving you lots of ideas. And we do that in the form of top five lists. We have a panel of experts that come in and help us all learn a little something. And today's episode is a really special one. We're going to try and help you combat those Iron Hands and those Imperial Fists armies, those shooty Marines armies. And uh, our, our panel today, Aaron included, have some really useful, helpful suggestions. Uh, shoot them back. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll write it down. So I'll, I'll explain it. Yeah, he does explain it. And actually, you know what? It makes a lot of sense. Also, New Zealand's number one player, Sean Sullivan, suggests that where you place your objectives can help as well. If you're forcing them into a corner, they might destroy most of your army, but then they have to spend those three turns, especially if it's a foot-slogging army like Iron Hands or Imperial Fist, to try and get out of their deployment zone to get to those objectives. Yeah, a lot of this makes a lot of sense. And you know what? You go to a tournament, you're going to come up against Iron Hands and Imperial Fists. So let's get the episode underway. Episode 10. We made it to double digits, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, welcome back, Aaron Wilson. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. And uh, once again, Sean Sullivan. G'day. Both of these gentlemen are, uh, are uh, they don't like me saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway, because uh, they're our expert panellists. Uh, I'm your friendly local radio host who plays the game, but is not very good at it. Both of these guys have uh, some great tournament placings under their belts. Uh, all their relevant qualifications are in the episode notes. So let's uh, get into this. This is We've saved this for episode 10. Uh, you know, I feel like we're still partway through Psychic Awakening, so there are still some more rules to come. But certainly with the, the LVO, which I think round six is underway as we're recording, um, there are a lot of Marine armies, and they're all doing really well. <laughs> um, any, any tournament of late, you look in the top 10, and there are going to be a lot of Imperial Fists and a lot of Iron Hands. Uh, th- those two particularly are doing really, really well at the moment. And so the question, if you're not going to take those, is how do we deal with them? So let's give, from your points of view, the top five ways to deal with... And this has been a difficult episode for Sean and, and Aaron and I to kind of nail down exactly how we're going to word it or work it. But, uh, you know, it's like rules writers at game, uh, Games Workshop. We're kind of figuring out exactly how to word it to make it sit right. But we're going to just focus on those two, Iron Hands and Imperial Fists. And as Sean pointed out before we were recording, they bring their own challenges. You can't just kind of put both of them into the same basket. But if we look at the really shooting-heavy Marine armies, not just Iron Hands, but Imperial Fists as well, because those are the two you're probably most commonly coming up against at the moment. Is that is, is that fair, Sean? Yeah, um, I mean, there are some oddballs ones out there that do something different, but most of the Marine Army is now really centred around either Iron Hands bonuses or... or yeah, um, if, even if you've got White Scars, you most likely have an Iron, Iron Hands detachment uh, supporting it, um, maybe. I say most likely. A lot of I've seen a bunch yeah, of lists yeah. like that. So um, or or Imperial Fists, whatever it is. Like yeah. you might have White Scars. Actually, that's probably a great combo. White Scars running up and Imperial Fists standing back and just. But uh, they shoot so efficiently. Yeah, I also said that because um, you lose your super doctrines as soon as you mix and match. Right, and that's what makes the Marines so heavy. So that's the reason why you see most of them operate with the whole fact that this is the biggest thing. And if, you, if you're going to split it, if you're going to have white scars and iron hands, there's normally sometimes a third detachment. So, um, right. because people are just like, well, we can mix and match and mix and match. So, I mean, one heavy, heavy support choice, you can just get 
three Thunderfire cannons and a guy with a relic from um, Imperial um, Fists, and that gives you reroll ones to hit, reroll ones to wound. Yeah, and the, the Thunderfires so, ignore Overwatch. And they're hitting um, on twos and ignore they, cover. Sorry, yeah, and they ignore cover and they yeah. can shoot it. Yeah, the yeah, Thunderfires. Yeah. Uh, just every, <laughs> a couple of years ago, no one had Thunderfires. Now there's almost no uh, Marine list without Thunderfire cannons in it. Almost no list, um, except yours. Maybe does yours have Thunderfire? Oh no, mine. Mine has started with the Thunderfire cannons. <laughs> like, 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 everything else is built around my Thunderfire cannons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, do you know what? This question came up recently in a game with Aaron. If you're shooting at a Thunderfire cannon, can you shoot the guy? Running the cannon and kill him, or is he a character? To see if he is can- a character, he is a he character, is the character word. So if the, if you place him right, if the if the gun is in front of the guy, you can't shoot the guy. Um, that's dead correct. Um, but I mean, this is where the fun comes into it. If you destroy the character, the gun disappears. Yes. But if you destroy the gun, the character is still there. So he, and he's still tech marine. He has heaps of attacks. He he's still does stuff. Yeah. Power yeah. sword. He's got yeah. He, he flamer and a plasma pistol, just for because he. Marines, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's one of those things where the Thunderfires are really unappointed for what they are, but they're just super, super good no matter what you do. Yeah, it's actually, sniper tech marine character is actually really, really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, in one of the, um, well, we'll get to this. We'll get to all of this. But yeah. I was thinking one of the ways to deal with uh, Thunderfire cannons is just to try and drain the uh, Marines player of CP so that they can't do the things like the tremor shells. Uh, so yes, the Thunderfire st- cannon's still shooting, but at least you don't have to deal with not being able to move. Um, um, yeah, it depends on what army. That's the whole point. Is depending on what army you're playing, you can play sure. different play styles. Yeah, so yeah. You get to get rid of them different ways. Okay, so we're looking at the top five ways to deal with the shooting marines, specifically Iron Hands and uh, Imperial Fists. Let's go with Aaron's number five. Uh, so my number five uh, kind of covers Imperial Fists and Iron. Hands. Yeah. Um, so just keeping your deep, uh, your deep strike units um, off the board and your your um, key units, right? So they can't be shot off, and you you bring them on whenever you you need them to deal that severe damage. And so protecting the units are gonna that yeah. are gonna be able to win you the game yeah. later on in the game. Okay. Yeah, like deep striking, you know, Eldar flyers or um, your dark Eldar boats with the with their guns on yeah. them. Yeah. Just whatever you think can deal with the their army, and they're just deep striking it. So. You I, get to shoot before they get killed. I can't remember what the wording is or how it works, but if you're playing Dark Elder, you have you can put your vehicles into uh, Deep Strike and then bring on all the, the troops in the vehicles yeah. as well. Yeah. I can't remember if it's a command point per vehicle or however it works, something like that, right? It's literally a command point per vehicle. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's... And almost every army has a way of deep striking. If it doesn't naturally have Manta Strike or Deep Strike or Terminators or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, there's, every army will have a deep strike right. ability of sorts. Some of them aren't great, though. There's no. like the Space Wolves one. <laughs> All the Space Wolves aren't great. But their one is uh, much like we were talking about uh, in a different episode with the vehicles coming on. It has to come on within six inches of the board edge. Yeah. So it's super easy to screen against and that sort of thing. But... But you, that also could. does force them to take the middle, and especially when you get to deploy your objectives. This is the biggest thing that people forget. You, when you get to deploy your objectives, this is not ITC, this is ETC. If you're Space Wolves, deploy them in the corners to force them that. If they want that, they're going to be within six inches of the corner. So yeah. you, when you come on, you can charge them. Yeah. And that forces them to either not choose that board edge, which gives you a, a huge advantage, because then if they're t- stuck in the middle... Yeah, well, yeah, they're away from the objectives. Yeah yeah, 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 and remember, this is during deployment, so you don't put them into reserve until the end of deployment. Well, right. 
make it the last last unit so that you can see what they're going to do. Because if they put something on the edge, oh, I'll put that in reserve. If not, they've bounced up their whole army in the middle. Well, Which makes it really chargeable and achievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they have to spread out again. So it's, <laughs> it's There's just, ways you can play, right? And yeah. that, actually, that's probably a whole other thing for another episode. Is just Because it's, I think one of the toughest things to get your head around is objective marker placement and then deployment. Just getting that whole part of the game right. There are games I've literally lost by putting objectives in dumb places. And you kind of then just... You're done. You can't possibly get to where you need to be or... You know, the other guy gets a deployment zone that you were kind of banking on. There was 50-50 chance. And you're like, well, that's it. I'm out of the game now. Anyway, so uh, deep striking and protecting those key units are going to be able to do damage to the uh, Imperial Fists or Iron Hands or whatever yep, it is yep. that you're facing. Keep, keep them alive for one more turn than uh, <laughs> they would have been. Okay. So that's uh, Aaron's number five tip for you. At number five for Sean. Play the mission. Okay. I know it sounds really simple, but it's one of those things that a lot of people don't do. They think, oh, 40K is all about destroying the other person's army. If you play the mission properly yeah. and you focus on what you have to do to win, you don't have to destroy the other person. I've been beaten by only losing three models, and it's kind of a bit frustrating because he only had like one model left on the table. Yeah, I've also won games with hiding an arc on a building, and just after I made all my points in the first three rounds, just put an arc on the building and just hit him there and go, well... Come get me, because it's just one of those things. As we are as we are recording this episode, the LVO is going on. So this is obviously, uh, by the time you hear this, the LVO will be ancient history. But big surprise yesterday with Nick Nunavati, who's running White Scars. He's been playing Iron Hands up until now. He's, he's running White Scars for this particular tournament. He lost round two, but he still tabled his opponent. So he, he tabled the guy, but was behind 27-20 when that happened. Yeah. So the other guy ended up winning the game how he let that happen I'm not sure that'll be a conversation I'll have with him another day but uh, just a classic example of what you're talking about right Right. he he was able to destroy the other guy's army really efficiently and really well and still lost because the other guy was obviously able to get points so play the mission and this is way back in I can't remember what episode it was but mistakes beginners make is you get so zoned in I think Aaron you'd be the first to admit that your biggest development over the last uh, couple of years in playing the game is for the first however many times you played and however many tournaments you played, your big focus was just kill the other guy. But you've learned to play the mission. Is that fair to say? Uh, still. <laughs> I still point and shoot a lot, but yeah, yeah, definitely. You've um, got to get the points, the right? Yeah. So, yeah, all right. Play the mission. It sounds, like you say, it sounds obvious. And sometimes the other guy doesn't want to let you do that. But you've got to get points. Getting points is how you win, not necessarily just killing the other person okay cool great so uh at number four in your tips on ways to deal with the shooting marines aaron uh shoot them back (laughs) fair enough i'll I'll write it down so i'll I'll explain it (laughs) okay go on so when when you're playing against iron hands uh picking units that aren't benefiting from the iron stone okay so they're not um mitigating their damage you're doing to them well that's uh, one of the the things with the iron stone when it first came out it benefited just everything it you did, put it on any, the table anything, anything like six inches but was, now they have yeah. to pick a unit that benefits from it yeah and then you get to shoot everything else is that what yep. you're saying yep and depending on the setting you're in if it's like a, a, a real serious tournament quite often people forget to mention they're using their iron stone and then and then you can just go, well, you didn't well, pick anything, didn't, so nothing yeah. gets it. Yeah, exactly right. Would you, you, let, you started would, shooting. Would that wash with you, uh, Sean? <laughs> oh, I mean, it depends on how you want to play it. The whole sportsmanship <laughs> thing comes up these days. <laughs> but, I mean, when you're playing an Iron Hands list and you're literally destroying the other opponents and you just go, well, 
how much of a mate do you want to be, but <laughs> yeah. each to their own. Um, I, well, it's normally just one of those things I normally ask, where is it? Because it's just it yeah, yeah. stops you doing it, but then but if it keeps forgetting. The point remains, though, that if one if one thing's got the uh, the benefit of the Iron Stone, yeah. they've picked whatever unit it is. They've got the tank beside them. Okay, so that's got the Iron Stone, and then yeah. they've got the other three, 10, whatever, 12 units that you can shoot at. So yeah, so you pick it, whatever pick you do, don't let them... You always ask before you start your shooting phase because there's nothing worse than being like, I'm going to shoot that. And he goes, Oh, I would have put the iron stone on that. And you're like, Really? Like, you would have? Yeah. 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 Well, if you would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, nah. I think in that situation, you can go, Well, if this is, <laughs> we can do top five sportsmanship tips another day. <laughs> but if they're going to say, I would have, then you can go, Well, I would have done, shot the other thing. Like, yeah. that's, you know, would have, could have, should have. Yeah. Uh, I had a, um, situation recently where I was shooting at something and the guy that I was playing against didn't realise that weapons were included in the in the model now since eighth edition. Uh and so he said, Oh well I would have I would have, you know, hidden it better if I'd known that you were gonna that, that the gun was included in the model for line of sight. And I went, Fair enough, we'll turn it around so I can't see it. And he said, okay, cool, thanks. So he turned it around so I can't see it. And I went, okay, now I want my movement face back because I only moved to there because I can see it. So now I'm going to move somewhere else so that I can still see it. <laughs> so uh, we kind of had to redo quite a bit of the game. But, yeah. you know, if you if one player is going to do what it could have, then the other guy gets to as well. That's fair. How did we get off on that tangent? I don't know. Anyway, carrying on. <laughs> anyway, carrying on. So your uh, so tip number four is shoot them back, which you were in the middle of explaining. Yep. So for Iron Hands, quite a lot of stuff is based around vehicles, whether it's dreadnoughts or uh, repulsors, repulsor yeah. executioners, flyers. Lots of flyers, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they can only put the Iron Stone on one of them, so shoot the other ones. Yeah, okay. Yep. Well, um, for Imperial Fists, uh, I would prioritise units with the most heavy weapon shots. Because with Imperial Fists, they get plus one damage from heavy weapons against vehicles. So is your tip number four, rather than shoot them back, which uh, is um, target, target priority. priority? Well, you know, shooting them, <laughs> but yeah, target priority, well, shooting. Can I cross out, shoot them back? I'll just put in brackets, target priority. Target priority. Which is uh, something that people often get wrong, right? Or it's really difficult. Again, playing against your army, your ADMEC army, there are so many threats on the table that actually picking... What is the most dangerous thing is is a challenge. Yeah, because they're all equally pretty. Everything is equally dangerous. Uh, if I'm playing, say, I've got my Tau army, your Scorpius tanks are stupid dangerous because of all the uh, no line of sight shooting and the fact that they're damaged too. Um, but then equally, uh, your Icarus, if you've got those on the table, get a plus one to anything that flies, which is my whole Tau army. So, you know, picking picking your target priority is, is sometimes challenging. But in the case of Iron Hands... Slightly easier because whatever doesn't have the iron stone. Yeah. Oh, it's also uh, with Marines, aura is is a big thing for them. So they want to be within a, chap- a chapter master so they get all the rerolls, yeah, everything, yeah. or reroll ones. And then they sometimes have a, a lieutenant in there so they can get reroll ones to yeah. wound. And you're just like, so they want to make their shooting the most effective ever. But the problem is, this means they bunch right up. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just one of those things where. It, if they're a big one solid thing where, I mean, Admech is a prime example was so much harder because they can spread across the table. They get the same buff from from there unless you've got call. Um, yeah. And they can just destroy you from all different targets where mar- uh, Marines, especially the ones we're focusing on, they normally have either they like to be multiple close, auras right? yeah, yeah. and they have, they'll hunch around them the best to try and get the most effect out of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so target priority becomes, uh, like you say, picking the thing without the Iron Stone. Uh, and it, it, going back to your earlier point, playing the mission 
that will help with target priority. So if they've got, say, something that is defending an objective and they're going to get a couple of points for that if you're playing one of the book missions, so you try and get rid of that. Or uh, if you're, you know, however they're getting points, whatever units they've got in the army, if they've got, uh, a, you know, a lot of troops that are going to be just sitting on objectives, maybe you can focus on those. Yeah. Or if they've got tanks and tanks hurt you badly, focus on those, whatever it is. Yeah. So target priority is a big way of dealing with both of those. Yeah, really good. Uh, at number four for Sean, what's yours? Quantity has its own quality. This is um, saying like, like we're getting from your shoot them back to this poetry over here. <laughs> How about that? What do you well, expect? Quantity yeah. has its own quality. Yep. Um, wow. I mean, being in peril, guard play, you know that you've put 100 trips on the table. If you lose a squad, it's not so bad. Where yeah. I know in Australia, there is a guy that's playing and he has over 160 gaunts, I believe it is, with <laughs> reserve points to actually bring some more gaunts back. And okay. this whole, whole thing is, most of the other things are untargetable because they're either characters hiding inside the yeah, troops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all he's saying was, how many turns does it take you to destroy these? And they'll be sitting on the objectives during that turns. Yeah. And he does have a big one eye in the middle as well um, right. to destroy anything that gets close. But it's just one of those things where you just sit there and go, well, how many shots can you actually get through this? Yeah. And especially those, all the Iron Hands have a um, relic dreadnoughts in, you know, with like warlord traits, and they become untargetable. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Four Laskins killing four Gaunts is still f- four Gaunts, you know. Yeah, who cares? Four yeah, Gaunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, um, but then they, the the damage uh, comes from, although not for like you say, massive hordes. Um, the damage comes from. Uh, the troops, right, with yep. all the all the shots and the repulsor executioners and the uh, redemptors and those sorts of things that just have massive quantity of shots as well as yeah. Quality. Well, the redemptors are a lot more scarier, but I mean, if you take you take in the um, repulsor, a prime example, big glass cannon, fantastic, four corns. Yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah. it's, and it's got a couple sidearms, but they're just then it's not scary. And when you hear that gun line, and you know that you're going to be taking buckets off, it's not scary, is it? Right. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that if you don't have anything big on the table. They've got nothing to waste those big shots they have on. Yeah. So then it comes with the multiple little shots. So we're back to the plague bearer theory of uh, like lots of hard to kill, like yeah. lots of though, yeah. not just a, th- a unit of thirty, but, lots um, and lots of things yeah. with the with the um, character spam kind of behind that yeah. line. Um, reversing that around, the quantity has its own quality. Um, Marines are amazing, right? They're incredible, but they're expensive as well, so they Correct. don't have as many. So. When we were talking about targeting units, you actually don't have to get through. If you can kill a unit, you've taken a big chunk of a marine army away. Is that yep. fair to say? Yep. yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, especially if you get something, um, their stuff explodes just as good as anything else. So when it starts being bunched up and you hit a dreadnought and it explodes and you roll that six, all these guys are only taking one battalion. They just want to maximise how many sh- units they can shoot on the table. Right. When they roll that six to explode, they don't sometimes don't have the command points to re-roll it, and that just blows up all around. It can, yeah, can yeah. kill characters and everything. It's yeah, great. absolutely. And the um, uh, I don't know if this will come up later on in anyone's list, but if you're talking about things being bunched up, that's great for an army that say in reverse can do things like orbital bombardment, or maybe you've got the Necron triple flyer strategy where you can do mortal wounds to everything within three or six inches. So anything that does damage to bunched up armies will then force them to spread out maybe. Yep. They don't get the buffs. So yeah, all right, great. Uh, what have you got at number three, Aaron? Um, so my number three is uh, tying them up in combat as best as you can. Okay. Uh, especially the ones that can't fall back and shoot. Yeah. Um, so 
targeting units, easy way of shutting, shutting down their shooting. Um, having units ignore Overwatch and can charge from cover or from magic boxes is another great way of doing that. So you want to be careful what you tie up in combat though, right? So if you, uh, and I fell into this trap, uh, <laughs> my first game against New Marines was against Crimson Fists uh, with a horde. Uh, I'm playing against Crimson Fists and I, th- I can't remember the exact rule, but anything more than five models in the opponent's unit, they get extra attacks or something or plus one to their attack. So uh, he's just wiping out. That's stuff. literally their thing, though. That is, is their is, thing. Is, is but the point is that uh, if, you're, if you're tying up Marines, uh, say, uh, intercessors, uh, they're really good in combat now, right? They are really good at fighting back. So, sure, if you're tying up, say, uh, one guy that is stranded on his own uh, and you sort of wrap and trap him, don't kill him, and then make everything behind it unshootable, that's one thing. But just charging blindly into combat with things that can kill you straight nah, I, mean, I mean, you pick what you're charging. Uh, for Iron Hands, you want to try and tag tanks Tag and their, like, Leviathans. Yeah. Tag their tanks, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever you can get into that can't fall back and shoot. Do they have anything, and this came up in a game against Salamanders, and I don't know if it's just Salamanders or if, it, or if it's a Marines thing, charged into a uh, Dreadnought, and there was another Dreadnought sort of within three or six inches behind it, who could then overwatch and then uh, go up to uh, move up I to twelve minutes only? That's Salamanders only. Ultramarines okay. might have that as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got that. Okay. Well, what if you? But yeah, yeah. Well, you, you've just got to. You're not coming up against lows as often as you are. Right. The main ones but we're talking about. Yeah. Pro tip: Ask first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> ask. Does that thing behind it have any crazy nonsense? Because there are. Several armies that have things where other units, I mean, I'm thinking the Hawk Shroud stratagem for Knights or or uh, obviously Tau Sept, where you might be charging unit, but other stuff can then join in. Yeah. And but if you're not one, expecting it, it can be brutal. It's one of those things, though. If you see something that you don't know what it does on the table, normally it's best to ask because, you know, if you yeah. come against an Imperial Knight and you go, oh, it's not Cross or Raven or... What, what does it do? Can you? What's its special thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, most people will tell you, good sportsmanship um, yeah. would tell you. But I feel like if you ask someone a direct yeah. question, it's just oh, weird. There, there are some people that try got you, and, but the, normally they're terrible players. So that's what they're relying on is right, right. to try and try and bluff their way to point to win. To but, win, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you get used to them, once you get used to the, what they can do, you can you see it once, you'll never forget that. You Every time you go to a charge, you go... Can that general charge me as well? <laughs> That's right. I'll never forget that salamander thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So tie them, tag them. Sorry, I got sidetracked. What's the whole? What's the whole uh, rest just, of your point? Just shut down their shooting if you can for a turn or two. I think right. it will give you quite a lot of time to capitalise. It's massive, and, right? Like yeah. if they're again going back to your earlier point, if they've got a not a huge number of units because they're expensive, if you can get a couple of ta- uh, tanks and just tag them so they can't shoot. For a turn. Yeah. That's... So, I mean, Sean, Sean was talking about a guy of 150 gaunts. I mean, if you run that across the field and get into combat with all of his Centurions, his Dreadnoughts and that... Right. I mean, they're going to do less damage than if they were shooting at it and you've stopped all of his, his guns. When you're forcing, kind of in that situation, you're forcing the guy then to push up with a screen to stop the gaunts getting in, keeping the screen probably four inches away so that the screen can't sort of tag and then jump in further... This guy was talking about a tactic, and I, I love the idea where he'll get the big gaunt units, especially against a big squad. Let's say he said he used against Centurions and Bulgarin, yeah, just charge it two or three times and just put them on different corners. So, because you still have to keep it within two inches, yeah, um, so you can't pile in. So, he would have 
one one centurion was going to go and take over the squad. One's going to take there. One's going to take there. But the other three can't do anything. Yeah. Well, taking you know six models off, eight models off, it's not going to ski at all. When it's but it's just smart playing. You'll you'll start getting tips and tricks. But if the marine player has a lot of intercessors, that means he's not going to have big scary stuff. Yeah. If it, and if you just delete the intercessors and then charge the dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts only can kill maybe four things maximum a turn. Right, they get four attacks. They're brutal attacks, yeah. but then there's four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah so, so it's like if you can if you can actually withhold four attacks, if you have a six-man squad and they make an in, you're like, well, that will survive their, their attacks right. in their phase, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, tie, the, tie them up, tag them, st- like shut down some of that brutal shooting for a turn or two, if you can, is a great way to deal with it. Uh, at number three, uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to add to that, no, that covers no? it. <laughs> that about covers it. Uh, Sean, what's your number three? Um, snipe or eliminate the characters that buff. Marines yeah. really, really yeah. rely on the characters. It's, yeah. it's one of those things that they um, that makes their overwhelming firepower just severe. Because you know you start re- getting rid of these rerolls, and then their cannons stop doing. Because all, all these marine things have a lot of shots so if you think about it you go what makes the redemptor scary oh well it pumps out like 20 to 30 shots yeah what makes the thunderfire scary oh it does so many shots but once you eliminate either the characters that give the re-rolls to hit it actually starts becoming a lot more bearable yeah 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 100%. so um yeah so if you've got a way of including snipers in your army yeah then that's a great way to do it or if you've got say a fusion yeah. Commander, like yeah. a Cold Star Commander who can move 40 inches and punch it in the face, or something that you can deal with these characters. Yeah, that's. And so this goes right back to even before uh, putting the markers down in the deployment, this goes back to your list building. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this is where I actually mentioned it, where it's kind of like. Depends on what you want to do with this army. If you, if you think you're going to get them in close combat, you bring as many objectives to the middle. So right. it forces them to come forward to get those objectives. If. If it's not if you're gonna try and outshoot them, you put them or or this the strategy where you just put them one eliminate characters, you put them right in the corners, so either they're out of the game, mm. so you're buffing the all the long range firepower, but if you can get two or three objectives in the other corners, well then you won't have to worry about it so much. Right. So it really depends on which style you're playing and how you want to play this game. So taking characters out of the game means either sniping them yep. or forcing their army to spread out. Yeah. Like doing something that will force their army to spread out so that the characters are maybe only buffing half the army yep. and the other half is kind of left. Well, or you've got to separate the characters or something, you know? Yeah, just, uh, yeah especially with terrain. It's kind of fun because people will normally put a buff character with three Thunderfire cannons and they'll put it behind a building so people can't see it. Well, once you put a flyer over top and be able to get the Thunderfire cannons, those characters are out of the game because they're going to be spending the rest of the time trying to advance up the table to get to somewhere that they actually can do damage. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, we were talking about Helldrakes earlier on, actually, Aaron and I in the car on the way, and I saw a list that's doing really well at LVO that has three Helldrakes in it, which people, a lot of people, uh, don't like because they die, but they move so fast that if you've got an army that has buffing characters, mm-hmm. that, again, forces the other guy's hand in, in terms of the way they deploy. They have to screen everything. They've mm-hmm. got to use those intercessors, maybe push them back if they don't have scouts. They've got to... You know, set up they're set up in such a way that the characters are protected, yeah. uh, which kind of you know anything you can do to force the other guy to do what you want them to do is that fair? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's half the game. A lot of the top end players will say, "Well, I don't mind sacrificing a unit if that means means that they are forced into this corner." Yeah, yeah. All you're doing is making sure that 
they're in that corner. It's a five-round game. It's not a three-round game, you know, five or six rounds, I should say. So whatever happens in the first three rounds can be undone by the three to six rounds. So if you're forcing them into a corner, they might destroy most of your army, but then they have to spend those three turns, especially if it's a flip-slogging army like Iron Hands or... Imperial first to try and get out of their deployment zone to get to those objectives. If you make them right in the corners, if they don't start on those objectives, you're going to be, oh yeah, I don't even have to play their army. I can <laughs> yeah. just run to the corners right, and right. just try and shoot me off. And, and again, going back to playing the mission. So if you're playing the mission, then um, yeah. and your deployment and your setup and all of that. So it, I, I don't want to. I want to make sure I didn't put words in your mouth and that I understood what you're saying though with sniping characters. So sniping them could mean as we like exactly sniping them with. Snipers, yeah. If you've got a character that can do that, or um, f- as I said before, kind of forcing them into a position where they, the the characters cannot just physically buff everything. Well, that's why I said sniping and eliminating. Because you can yeah. you can do the cold style commander track and getting right next to a character. If you know you're going to destroy that character, especially like lieutenants, a great one. I've seen a lot of people put ironstone mm-hmm. on lieutenants. Lieutenants do not have an uh, vulnerable safe. Right. So you can right, fusion just get the rid of hell of them. You, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to worry about them making five plus vulnerable saves because yeah, yeah. they're dead. Yeah. They can't get a storm shield, so that makes you feel so much better when you go, well, I've got rid of the Ironstone. Yeah, your commander might die, but yeah. he's got rid of one of the main problems of the army for you. Yeah. So, I mean, there's different ways to, li- to snipe a pl- uh, character, and that's down to forcing them to do something they don't want to do. Like if you make them spread out their Thunderfire cannons from the rest of their force, mm. sometimes they'll put a, a unit or two of intercessors to, you know, just stop people striking in and stuff like that. Well, when they do that, that means that they don't have the the, the reps and the guards for their main force. Yeah. So in doing that, they could protect their Thunderfire cannons, but they'll leave something else vulnerable. It's actually a great reason to include something like a deep striking unit, if you don't already have one, to yeah. include a deep striking unit in your army so that they do have to do things like use intercessors to uh, protect the Thunderfire Cannons. Because as you say, usually Thunderfire Cannons will be hidden way in the back corner yep. by themselves, a character to buff them, and that's it. Yep. They, and then, they, then the person playing them just kind of goes, right, I'll forget about those now. They're there. I'll just rem- remember them in the shooting phase. But if you've got something that can deep strike, Terminators or Crisis Suits or something, anything, that can jump in and just crush them, then they have to go, hmm, okay, now we've got to use this unit to protect it so yeah i think i'm just kind of repeating what you said but but just just wanting to make sure that i understand right that i've got it clear okay let's go on to aaron's number two uh so my number two is play the mission which we've we've covered we've already covered it off right pretty obvious yeah yes yeah it is obvious but again we go back to the point that so many people forget to do it and you sometimes like you'll be in a game and like you'll get to turn two or three and go crap i've spent the first couple of turns forgetting that I should be playing the mission. Another um, thing that we can maybe discuss another time with playing the mission is that sometimes uh, if you're playing, say, I was playing a game just a couple of days ago, and it was uh, using the Maelstrom cards, which uh, ETC missions use those cards. A lot of people still play games using the cards. And sometimes the card that you get, which will be worth a point or two or three, goes directly against everything you know that you need to do. Like you've got to say go and get or defend an objective, but in doing that you're putting half your army at risk or a, sort of an expensive unit at risk. So playing the mission is easy to say, but sometimes in the moment not that easy to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or it's 
it's risk reward. This whole game is that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where you, I always have at least one or two units that I'm happy to sacrifice as long as I'm getting one or two points from them. Yeah. So you know, um, Scourges used to be my one for my Dark Hat, um, Dark uh, Elder. Elder. Yeah. Um, inf- um, infiltrators for my Admech because you can just pop them up, put them on an objective. You get that for that turn. Get Line Breaker or something like that, and then that was that one turn. They're going to get destroyed. Fine. But yeah. they've got that one point, and that's what they're all there for. Right. And sometimes sometimes one or two points or whatever it is makes all the difference, right? Yeah, or, also makes, as, as you say, like what we are talking about before where people end up screening a lot more with doing stuff, and it forces them to think about what they want to do, and it stops them playing sloppy, which gives them an advantage. Yeah. When they start having to tighten up and make sure all the areas are all right, they always make mistakes about other things they're not thinking yeah. of. And you need to, like the whole game, as you said, the whole game is risk-reward yeah. and also the need to be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got this whole plan of, okay, I'm going to shift everything around to here now and suddenly you get uh, go and defend that objective over there, yeah. which you can get because oh. he's not on it. You can go get it, but you know that whatever you send out to get it is going to die. Yeah, but how so many it's... times have you played Maelstrom cards? This is what I was going to say first, was I played so many people with Maelstrom cards that start the first turn, start shooting, you know, and they go, oh, I've got the Maelstrom cards. Well, what did I get? <laughs> and, then, and then you're just like, oh, you did three over there. Oh, I would have moved on to there. It's just like, well, if you thought about your yeah, mission, mate. Like, so, right. that, yeah, I've done that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You get all enthusiastic about just, okay, I've got this big juicy thing to kill. Oh, I forgot to draw the cards. Yeah. Damn it, I should have drawn three. Yeah, that's uh, so play the mission. Like you say, it's obvious and easy, but how many times? You, you get caught up in the moment. Oh, how many times that do you forget? Uh, not just forget the mission, but I'm a great one for just forgetting whole phases. <laughs> Damn. The amount to... of times I forget to repair vehicles. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking of shooting those eight LAS cannons. Yeah. <laughs> Pro tip take a little checklist with you. Yes. Well, the worst thing is, it's normally at the end of the phase, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. So yeah. at the end of the movement phase. So it's kind of like you get so used to being like, oh, end of the phase. Go straight to shooting. You're like, yeah, yeah I get to destroy yeah, yeah. these things. And then halfway That's, through shooting, you're like, oh. It's like the Necron version of Psychic happens at the end of the movement phase, not at the start of the Psychic. <laughs> it's like, no, like it's just at the end of the movement phase, but it's a random, slightly psychic thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the number of times you've gone, okay, no Psychic, we're into charge yeah. or into shooting. Yeah. Damn it, I forgot the, <laughs> forgot the whole reason for bringing the Catan yeah, shard. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things, a lot of people will let, let that be taken back. This, this comes out to that sportsmanship, where people, if somebody just forgets something in a phase, like, you know, end of the movement phase, yeah, and yeah. just before shooting goes, oh, can we go back? Most people will be like, sweet ass. It's when you get halfway through a shooting phase, they go, oh, I feel like I can do this. It's, yeah, that's different. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. um, no, um, no, no, mate. I've never had yeah, a problem as, with... As soon as you're halfway through the next phase, it's like, you can't take that stuff back. No, if you're, if you're well into it. But the classic is... Um, for me anyway, a classic one is uh, when you've got, say, a deep striking unit, which should happen at the end of the movement phase, right? Yeah. That's when it's supposed to happen. But the number of times I've gone, okay, I've got everything done, all right, bring in the deep striking in. Oh, crap, I forgot to move that. So I've technically I can't then do it. But I've never, never, I don't think, come across anyone who won't let me. It doesn't make a difference. No, I don't think that's that's real game changer at all. It, un- yeah. Unless you're putting them into a position where, like, okay, this will actually make a big difference. Mm. But you've brought your Terminators down over there or whatever it might be, and you go, oh, man, I, I didn't move those scouts. Can I move those scouts? Never met a person that would say no. no. So uh, in general, you should be fine. Anyway, uh, that was that was a tangent. Yeah. What were we up to? I guess Is it your number? Was that my number two? Was number it your two, number two? Yeah. Which play was what? Which was Sean's number four, I think. Oh, play, oh, the, play mission. the mission. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Play the mission. I didn't even write it down, but I should have. Play the mission. Very good. 
Uh, very good, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I thought we discussed this last week. You're going to flip the list so that your top two don't already come up. Well, it still wouldn't have mattered because it was my number five. <laughs> good point. Uh, all right. And at number two for you, Sean. Outrange and play KG. So, uh, <laughs> okay. This is, this is a tactic you have to do from list building all the way through. If you know that this is the way you want to play, you have to be a very patient player. You cannot get really aggressive because this is what has to be done. Yeah. So, I, I mean, with Alder is a prime example where you can do this. Like, you're the fire prism tanks 60 inches range yeah. so you know that you can deploy right on the back edge you've got the planes deployed right on the back edge because you know you can play around that table so you do that and then you put things into reserves you know um, that you know that you can take objectives and then you then you go for going second because mm. against this army it's got such a good alpha strike but if you put everything right on the back edge and then have things in reserves it means that at the end of the turn is when you score most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll be on those objectives. They can't, it doesn't matter next turn they're going to shoot you off, but you brought that one unit down, you got that point in that turn, then it gets destroyed. Right. That, that's perfectly fine. So you play on the back edge, you're forcing them forward as well yeah. to get into range yeah. too, right? And yeah. then you can kind of go over there. If you've got deep striking units, they can come in behind maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point of where you deploy your objectives. Because if, if it's a gun line, normally they, they like to deploy them in their back edge, you know, and they go, oh, we can set a whole army back here. Well, when you do the opposite to them, especially with Marines being a lot, Peril Fists, a prime example, they, a lot of their stuff is heavy bolters and stuff 36 inches. Mm. Um, their planes are 24 inches because of the salt cannons. So you know that they we have to bring those right forward. Well, you can destroy those things that they bring right forward that are fast. And then all the intercessors with their amazing three damage bolt guns yeah. are only 36 inches. So yeah. they're going to be walking across the table. You can get to shoot them. You, you, got, you can outrange them. So it's just how you want to play the game. Like, Absolutely. It's one of those things where, like you say, right back to list building, you're yeah. kind of looking at um, if you go through your codex and find what guns you've got that have long yeah. range and yeah. whether or not they're efficient or any good, and you kind of include a couple of those. So at least you've got some long range options. Yeah, or be, be either things that are shooting at long range or in deep strike, so they'll come in yeah. and be right in people's faces. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying like Alder is a really good one. Tau's not so good because a lot of their stuff is 36 inches, isn't it? 30 to 36, yeah. yeah it's a yeah, difficult yeah, one for yeah, Tau, but, but I mean, it's, uh, the Marines are the reason uh, that Tau now bring 40 drones just yeah. to kind of but, uh, survive at that range. you got a really... Um, Peril Guard is quite funny about this because if you have a look at some of the ranges, they're just ridiculous. Like Battle Cannon, 72 inches. <laughs> and you go, oh, when will I use this? Well, if you, especially if you're going to play this cage game, Talan making all your commanders so they can keep just driving around and staying outside those ranges yeah. and then bring someone from you, the sides. You do wonder why some uh, guns have like a 120 inch range and I guess they're looking Publix. at say apocalypse tables, yeah. The, <laughs> so that those those things can be used in those uh, massive, massive tables games. Uh, okay, so outrange and play KG. So uh, advice from Sean is uh, this is right from list building and then yeah, at deployment yeah. and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Where you so if you get to place the objectives, you'll be placing them in the corners. If it's ITC, is that the same? But you, you, you set up your army so that you go second. And uh, another big thing, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I feel like um, uh, this goes back to not just list building, but researching the other guy's army. If you're playing against Imperial Fists or Iron Hands, then have a look at what they've got, what they can bring, what the ranges are. It's, yeah. it's a really important thing to know. Uh, I feel like it's one of the most important things. It's certainly one of the first things I ask if I haven't had a chance to research. If you're at a tournament and you only just find out who you're playing, yeah. 
um, one of the first things you should find out or should ask is, okay, what are the ranges on those weapons? How far can that guy shoot? So that when you're deploying, at least, you know uh, in your deployment zone how far back you have to be or you know what risks you're taking by coming forward, right? So uh, you know, range and effectiveness of the shooting is, is something to research and find out in advance if you can, yep. certainly pre-game, yep. right? Um, and number one, we're up to number one. Okay, for Aaron. Well, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> <laughs> Just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> I, I noticed Sean's playing Imperial Fist, so... If you can't beat him, join him. So, um, actually, to be fair though, that like if you uh, the mirror match is the hardest game for a lot of the, um, the these armies, right? If you're playing up against exactly the well, same I, effectiveness, I, I think that they'll counter each other quite nicely. If you go say Raven Guard against um, Iron Hands or something like that, where they like to deep strike their um, combat centurions, I think mean, yeah, yeah, I think well, it's, it's quite funny because I was I had a look at it. It was like. Um, Imperial Fists are really, really good against Iron Hands because Iron Hands, they take all the all the Dreadnoughts and all the tanks. You're like, oh, yeah. And then you got like White Scars or Raven Guard, which are really good at taking out Imperial Fists, Fist, <laughs> yeah. but not so good at taking out um, the tanks, you know? So it's kind of yeah. like, it's, it's just a big circle. And then Salamanders, if they get in range, can destroy anything. Yeah, if they get in, in range. range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, there's so many people are super excited about Salamanders coming out, but that seems to have all fallen over a little bit now. I think it was more the fact that people were like, they could do so much damage. And it's one of those things on paper, they were so brutal. But right. then everyone goes, well, Range. okay, well, I had to stay about 12 inches away. Well, this is a big board. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just stay far enough away and you're going to be all right. Um, but if you can't beat them, join them. That's your if advice. you can't beat them, join them. That's right. Find a bandwagon and climb aboard. <laughs> it doesn't matter which flavor of Marines it is. Be one of those guys. Well, actually, to be fair, as you said, it, it, like there are lots of different flavors. So you could be uh, getting Ultramarines um, or White Scars or Raving Dark, Dark Angels looking quite quite nice at the moment. Well, do you know what? Dark Angels and Blood Angels yeah. uh, both got some really nice psychic awakening buffs in their books. So uh, people are suddenly taking them and uh, uh, you know to big tournaments and doing really well with um, probably not uh, not that I've seen anyway lists that are dedicated Dark Angels or Blood Angels it's but only just come out so you won't see anything pop up for a, right. for a wee while but, yeah. but uh, Blood Angels are, are, are you know with the Smash Captains and other the Libby Dreads and things getting getting detachments in a in another army yeah but I mean hope, you'll hopefully see Grey Knights soon that can actually do a lot of psychic powers that can literally because as you say marines only have so many units on the table if you can just do more wounds yeah. it completely ruins the day yeah absolutely so if you can't beat them join them that's Aaron's number one piece of advice for you to for beating marines is be a marine uh, and at number one for Sean um, I went a bit different I said tie them up no matter what the cost force the war assault forces they right. are a lot of fun but you're never ever going to win a tournament it's one of those <laughs> things where you'll have four out of five wins but they can be the funnest games ever. Sorry, so run that past me again. So you're when you say tie them up, what do you what do you mean? Just just chuck troops into into the units, right? Like um, if you take a, a dedicated assault force, you take stuff that can't be shot in Overwatch. Just say howling, howling banshees, as you can tell, I've been researching Elder for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of units. Right, that the can, new howling. So howling banshees with awesome new models, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can't yeah. be. Shot at no watch, yeah. Can't be shot on no watch, right? Um, they're not that great, but they can just literally tie you up. You add Howling Banshees with witches, which can't infantry can't fall back from very easily. Mm. You, you get things that just they don't do that much damage, but they're holding you in positions on the table, right. and then you can flow into the dreadnoughts exactly the same as what we we're saying before, where I, you know, witches are aren't 
they'll get shot to pieces on the table. As soon as you add them with Howling Banshees, oh, well, suddenly you got them to get in close combat. It makes a mm. huge difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's really focusing on what you... If you're going to take an army that's going to be assault, I think it's down to one of those things that you're not going to be... You can't do everything. Right. Wolf and Spam, three units of ten. Thundercab, <laughs> uh, man. Like They're still not laughable. Like, they can still do some damage. Yeah, they're just a bit pricey but that's you know but yeah do you know what though i know all jokes aside when the book comes out i reckon they'll get some buffs um and the space wolves the the thunder wolves can they're, they're inhibited by large bases and not being able to you know climb up buildings and things because obviously dogs can't climb stairs no giant wolves cannot jump on <laughs> they can't different jump levels of, no, no. Not at all. okay <laughs> okay being a tubby guy i'm an electrician sometimes i have to go on roofs and i'm sitting there going i'm not too sure if that roof's gonna hold me imagine if i was on a giant thunder wolf like there's no way that's just gonna jump up on a roof yeah. going in, in ruins in ruins of a destroyed building <laughs> yeah. well yeah. So all right it makes a little bit more if sense if they're riding giant cats they might be able to do it but not giant dogs well even so. giant cats if you sit there going i don't think a tiger's gonna get up there mate I just don't think a tiger's gonna get there anyway so <laughs> so they're they're limited, but they they do some great work in being uh you know a screening unit, a soak up a whole lot of shots with their you put storm shields on them, but uh, though the wolfen are just so good. This is another episode, but um and, and maybe we'll wait for the book to come out. But I just if I could have an army where I had three three units of ten wolfen and it wasn't just dumb, you'd just be so they kill anything they come in contact with. They're so good uh, in combat, right? Anyway. That's all for another day. So that's our top five. Thanks for coming in, Aaron. Appreciate it again. Good to see you. No worries. Uh, Sean, thank you again for being here. Appreciate your expert advice. And um, we will catch you next time on Properly Cocked. Propertycocked.com is the website. If you came to us in any other way, get to the website, have a read-up of the article. It gives you all of the uh, information that we've just discussed, lots of ideas for uh, building your list, uh, some great tips as well in this episode on deployment and all sorts of other things. Uh, so, yeah, we'll catch you next time on Properly Cop.